which gave an outlook between high houses, as out of an embrasure, into the valley lying dark and formless several hundred feet below. Denis looked down and could discern a few treetops waving and a single speck of brightness where the river ran across a weir. The weather was clearing up and the sky had lightened so as to show the outline of the heavier clouds and the dark margin of the hills. By the uncertain glimmer, the house on his left hand should be a place of some pretensions. It was surmounted by several pinnacles and turret tops. The round stern of a chapel with a fringe of flying buttresses projected boldly from the main block, and the door was sheltered under a deep porch carved with figures and overhung by two long gargoyles. The windows of the chapel gleamed through their intricate tracery with a light as of many tapers, and threw out the buttresses and the peaked roof in a more intense blackness against the sky. It was plainly the hotel of some great family of the neighborhood, and as it reminded Denis of a townhouse of his own at Bourges, he stood for some time gazing up at it and mentally gauging the skill of the architects and the consideration of the two families. There seemed to be no issue to the terrace, but the lane by which he had reached it. He could only retrace his steps, but he had gained some notion of his whereabouts and hoped by this means to hit the main thoroughfare and speedily regain the inn. He was reckoning without that chapter of accidents which was to make this night memorable above all others in his career, for he had not gone back above a hundred yards before he saw a light coming to meet him and heard loud voices speaking together in the echoing narrows of the lane. It was a party of men at arms going the night round with torches. Denis assured himself that they had all been making free with the wine bowl and were in no mood to be particular about safe conducts or the niceties of chivalrous war. It was as like as not that they would kill him like a dog and leave him where he fell. The situation was inspiriting, but nervous. Their own torches would conceal him from sight, he reflected, and he hoped that they would drown the noise of his footsteps with their own empty voices. If he were but fleet and silent, he might evade their notice altogether. Unfortunately, as he turned to beat a retreat, his foot rolled upon a pebble. He fell against the wall with an ejaculation, and his sword rang loudly on the stones. Two or three voices demanded who went there, some in French, some in English. But Denis made no reply and ran the faster down the lane. Once upon the terrace, he paused to look back. They still kept calling after him, and just then began to double the pace in pursuit with a considerable clank of armor and great tossing of the torchlight to and fro in the narrow jaws of the passage. Denis cast a look around and darted into the porch. There he might escape observation, or, if that were too much to expect, was in a capital posture, whether for parley or defense. So thinking, he drew his sword and tried to set his back against the door. To his surprise, it yielded behind his weight. And though he turned in a moment, continued to swing back on oiled and noiseless hinges until it stood wide open on a black interior. When things fall out opportunely for the person concerned, he is not apt to be critical about the how or why, his own immediate personal convenience seeming a sufficient reason for the strangest oddities and revolutions in our sublunary things. And so Denis, without a moment's hesitation, stepped within and partly closed the door behind him to conceal his place of refuge. Nothing was further from his thoughts than to close it altogether. But for some inexplicable reason, perhaps by a spring or a weight, the ponderous mass of oak whipped itself out of his fingers and clanked too with a formidable rumble and noise like the falling of an automatic bar. The round at that very moment debouched upon the terrace and proceeded to summon him with shouts and curses. He heard them ferreting in the dark corners, 
The stock of a lance even rattled along the outer surface of the door behind which he stood. But these gentlemen were in too high a humor to be long delayed, and soon made off down a corkscrew pathway which had escaped Denis' observation, and passed out of sight and hearing along the battlements of the town. Denis breathed again. He gave them a few minutes' grace, for fear of accidents, and then groped about for some means of opening the door and slipping forth again. The inner surface was quite smooth, not a handle, not a molding, not a projection of any sort. He got his fingernails round the edges and pulled, but the mass was immovable. He shook it. It was as firm as a rock. Denis de Beaulieu frowned and gave vent to a little noiseless whistle. What ailed the door, he wondered. Why was it open? How came it to shut so easily and so effectually after him? There was something obscure and underhand about all this that was little to the young man's fancy.